Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline, and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. Taylor, thank you for joining us today, man. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, my friend. How are you, Sean? Fantastic as well. And I saw your I saw your post, man, coming back from Bozeman. You were in the woods with the, doing a little mastermind. That's right. That's right. Just got back yesterday <clears throat> with uh, my friend and mentor, Mr. Kerry Jack, part of the uh, Happy Hustle crew. He's actually the founder of it, and uh, he put on a like high level entrepreneur business mastermind, an epic camping adventure. And it was epic. Montana is beautiful. Uh, just a bunch of high level entrepreneurs. Like I think there was 12 of us and uh, just spent four days out in the Montana wilderness, camping, learning primitive survival skills, fly fishing, going on hikes, doing ice baths and just having a freaking amazing time. So yeah, it was, it was good. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah. Two uncanny things there. My brother just visited one of my best friends in Bozeman, Montana. And um, I had a long drive yesterday. And I, I called him. I was like, hey, man, like you had good time with my brother or whatever. And we ended up, the whole conversation was about putting on retreats like that in Montana, um, where it's like kind of like definitely related to business. But of course, I think I think as more people are becoming entrepreneurs in this like digital age, I think, you know, it's a really critical to merge, right? What's going on in business and life. So that's kind of wild. And then when I was looking at your website uh, yesterday, kind of preparing for this, I don't, you know, you have, you've had a lot of media, right? You have all those logos on your website. I clicked on one logo and one only because the name resonated with me and it was Happy Hustle. Um, and I actually have a notification like for myself to reach back out to them. So uh, I definitely will. Maybe I'll see you on one of those retreats. Yeah, Carrie's the man. I I highly recommend attending one. Uh, it's yeah, it was great. And he's going to do one a quarter, he said, and they're all going to be slightly different. Like he's going to do uh, like a ski snowboard trip in uh, in the winter. He's planning on taking a crew to Alaska. That's going to be an intense one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's they're going to be they're going to be good. I I love that. That's awesome. What drew what drew you to taking it? Was it you know, the outdoor aspect of it, or was it just, you know, Carrie kind of trusting what he's doing? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I had Carrie on my podcast, uh, last year sometime. And then after that interview, I was like, I got to hire this guy as my coach. So I did, he made an exception. He didn't do personal coaching, but he, he made an exception for me because he believes in my mission, what I'm doing. Uh, and so we were working together for a while and then, uh, he let me know about this, uh, epic camping adventure he got going on. And I was like, immediately, yes. <laughs> like count me in anytime I can be out in nature. That's a freaking plus, especially surrounded by a bunch of other high level entrepreneurs, like count me in. So it was Dude. a no brainer. Dude, that, that's awesome. My like, but, but before, you know, I've started a few companies now before I started any of them, I, I love backpacking, right? Just like 
walk in the woods, come out a week later. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do was start a backpacking company. And I probably should have stuck with it. But at the time, like, you know, if, if that's what you're going to do, there's a lot of liability and insurance. I didn't feel like dealing with at that point. But there's just something uh, there's like an energy when you're just connected with nature for so long. You know, I mean, just all that natural sunlight, all that like earthing. It's just it's good for you, man. Fresh water. All that stuff. I yeah. love it. Um, and you uh, you said. Um, do you go backpacking a lot or is it, was that a, a was that a new experience for you? No, I mean, I like it. Um, yeah. After the Marine Corps, it was like, okay, I, I've, uh, I've had enough for a while, but yeah, yeah. yeah, this was a, this was a great experience. This was, uh, kind of the first time, uh, doing it as a civilian, you know, camping as a civilian. Uh, and I love it. Like I said, anytime I can be out in nature connecting to Gaia, it's, it's a good time, especially uh, out in Montana. It was beautiful. Looks a lot like Northern California, beautiful mountains, you know, trees everywhere. Everything's green, beautiful, clear, freshwater lakes. Fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and you said, uh, Mr. Happy Hustle, he liked your mission at the Captain's Lifestyle. Um, tell, tell everyone a little bit about kind of like what you're doing, because uh, I think it's pretty cool what you're up to. Yeah, so I do a, a few different things. I've got the Captain's Lifestyle Podcast. We talk about all things health, happiness, and sustainability. Uh, I do a lot of um, kind of like modeling and social media um, uh, inspiration content posts for different health and wellness brands. And then I've got my holistic lifestyle coaching program. It's basically high-performance coaching for men who want to maximize their health, happiness, and productivity, and uh, take their business to the next level. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, but you don't have to be an entrepreneur to, to join the program. And uh, yeah, that's that's a very quick version of everything yeah. that I do. Dude, what uh, what what drew you what drew you into it? I mean, obviously, I'm sure I'm sure like you just felt drawn to like trying to focus on your own health, happiness, performance, and I'm sure that kind of just like snowballed you know, into it. That, that's like the generally a story you hear with people, but like, what made you, what made you feel like, damn, this is something I'm going to dedicate my life into. Yeah. So I've, I've always been a man of service. So that's, that's why I joined the Marine Corps. It's like, why should anybody else's kids have to go out and fight and die for their freedom? Like I can, or for my freedom, I can go do that myself. So at that time, that was my service. Once I got out of the Marine Corps, I became a CrossFit coach. So then I was, you know, helping people, you know, increase their fitness, live healthier lives. Uh, so that was my service then. And then the longer I was a CrossFit coach, the more I started to realize that fitness is actually an extremely small portion of health and living a fulfilling life. Because I would have clients come up to me saying, hey, I've been yeah. coming into the gym for so and so long now. Why am I not seeing the results? And I'd ask them, like, how is your sleep? How is your nutrition? How is your stress levels? Their answers would always be the same. Like, I'm lucky if I get seven hours of sleep. My diet is okay. And I'm stressed out about work, relationships, whatever. And I told them, like, you can't expect this one hour in the gym to offset the other 23 hours of a bad lifestyle, right? Like, you, it's not going to happen, especially with sleep. Like, if you're working out and you're not recovering, aka sleep, you might actually be making yourself weaker. So there's all these things uh, that go into it. And so I quit 
my job as a CrossFit coach started my own business, the captain's lifestyle, because everything is connected, right? It's not just yeah. fitness or nutrition or anything. It's how do you live this holistic lifestyle to optimize performance? And of course, uh, it was fueled by my own journey. Uh, I was not always this, you know, optimized person that I am now. And in five years, I'll look back at myself now and be like, man, that guy was slacking. So it's always this constant progression. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. I, you know, um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior? I think I brought it up to you when we were at uh, Phil's house at one time. <laughs> yeah, it was actually at, uh, or no, that was Compassionate Samurai was was at uh, the, the Mastermind. But uh, I haven't read that book. No. Um, well, it, it, it's interesting. So it's, 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 I, I just think it's like a, a great example of like what you were talking about, right? It talks about how it's like a gymnastics guy who becomes a gymnastics coach. And it's all about the way of living like a peaceful warrior and coaching gymnastics is just what he, he vibes with, right? The same way, like you like did CrossFit, right? You're not teaching, like, if you were like a one-on-one -on -one CrossFit coach and, you know, as you like, you got in the ranks and became the best CrossFit coach, you wouldn't be teaching CrossFit. You'd be mm -hmm. teaching life through the medium of CrossFit because, yeah. you know, wh what do you hear about? Like, you look at like LeBron James is doing commercials for Calm. And some people might be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But like, it definitely makes sense. It's like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to produce at LeBron's level, like it's, you can't just shoot around. Like you got to have your mind right and everything. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about LeBron James, I think he also does marketing for like Doritos and some bullshit <laughs> like that. So I, I think I get what you're saying, but I, I don't think that's a very good example. I think he's doing it for money, which I mean, that guy doesn't need fucking money, you know? Like, yeah. but Doritos, come on, man. Like you can't be teaching these kids that look up to you that it's okay to eat Doritos, right? Like, that's, yeah. um, I've, dude, I noticed that I saw who was it? I saw a, like two star, uh, basketball players doing a commercial for Mountain Dew, which like is just, it's gotta be the worst thing on a plant. Like, like, and like, there is a responsibility. Like, I understand like that it's your chance to get like your payday, but like there are companies that are that will pay you that are good for this world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I don't like the term influencer because, you know, technically I am now like a social media influencer. I hate that term. Uh, I prefer inspiration because influencers get a bad rap because a lot of them are like that. You know, they'll take any sponsor that will pay them and they don't necessarily, you know, like or support the brand. They're just getting paid to promote it. And that's why everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people uh, don't trust influencers because they're just promoting nonsense and garbage. Yeah. And I will never promote anything. I don't care if they gave me a hundred million dollars. If I don't believe in the company and the brand and the purpose behind it, and I don't actually use it, that's just, I believe that's one of the, the big components of being a man, you know, living with integrity. And yeah. it's not in integrity if you're promoting Mountain Dew and Doritos, which you know these fucking star basketball players do not consume. Right? Yeah, right. Like there's there's no way. Like they're no. too except uh who is the guy? Marshawn Lynch, maybe he's the example. Remember he was like crushing Skittles at the halftime every football game. <laughs> I don't know. Did not. So with that, Dude. I mean it is sugar and in a high explosive sport like football, like yeah, you need those fast carbohydrates, but I'm sure, you know, that, 
you know, they're yeah. eating clean, right? Oh, for sure. You have to and and that, to and perform at that he, level. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, he talked about it, but it was just like a funny thing he talked about. Cause like you were saying at halftime, he was a running back. Right. So like, like those sugars, like if you're going to intake them, like while, and then right before like your exercise. And like you said, it just turns to fuel, especially if you're 250 pounds of muscle, but no, yeah. I, I just, um, you know, it, it is, a, it, it's like such a fine line, like with these like athletes, but like, I love what you said about like integrity, like as like a man or a woman, of course, but um more integrity why what makes you say that integrity is like the defining characteristic of divine masculinity like being Mm -hmm. a man of your word your word is everything as a man doing what you say you're going to do making and keeping promises with other people but also with yourself like if you Mm -hmm. say you're going to wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m and go to the gym and then 5 a.m comes and you hit snooze and you say fuck it that is not living in integrity. You're lowering your masculinity, right? So as a man, you need to do what you say you're going to do regardless. Like if you make a promise, keep that promise. And of course there are circumstances that come up where it may be, um, you know, sometimes impossible, you know, planes get delayed or whatever to keep your promises. If that happens, apologize sincerely to the other person and explain kind of what's happening. And I believe we've gotten so lackadaisical with that as men uh, in society. They they kind of brush it off. It's like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. It's not whatever. Like, do what the fuck you say you're going to do. Yeah, dude. It, it's really interesting you say I want to come back to the man, the man, like woman thing there. But I, I do think we got lackadaisical about it. And I think this is part to blame. The fact that like we're always connected, you know, like like Taylor, like. I'll I'll let you know, like I've had people that like 30 seconds before the, we're supposed to hop on the podcast, shoot me a quick text. Oh dude, can't make it. Like, let's hit it another time. Honestly, it's not that like, trust me, I understand you're busy and I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to join. It's not that like, Oh, he should be on my podcast. She should be on my podcast. But it's like, dude, like I plan my fucking day around this. Like you did too, like get on the podcast. And then if you can't, like you said, Here's a huge thing. And this is where ego plays such a big um, role in our life. And I've struggled with it. And it's something that I'm trying to become more aware of. But if something doesn't happen, it's like, hey, Taylor, like, I know I told you I was going to do this. I'm, I can't. I'm sorry. You know, like, can we do it another time? Like, try to like remedy it, right? Like, I think that's critically important, too. But the, the, you know, the ego makes you want to like deflect onto other people or not take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said about apologizing sincerely. That's yeah. uh if you do break a promise or you know can't can't actually uh fulfill one of your commitments, the the apology is is crucial because if not, then you're just subtracting from the other person's emotional bank account. Um but going back to what you said about the 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 devices, that was one of the main things that I took away from this um, a Montana mastermind is all these other high level entrepreneurs there. We did an exercise to, um, you know, basically find out what, what, um, category a lot of people are struggling with. And almost everybody there said that one of their lowest uh, points, there was like 10 alignments. It's, it's Carrie's thing. It's called soul mapping. We don't have to go into all of them, but uh, one of them is disconnecting digitally. 
And that's what almost every single high-performing entrepreneur said that they were struggling with most was like screen time and putting down their devices and not being distracted by every email and every notification. So me as a high-performance coach, I'm now going to be changing my my marketing strategy and it's going to be a, a lot focused on uh, on that exact thing, like setting time for yourself, turning off notifications, keeping your phone on airplane mode, setting specific blocks of time to where you check email and not being controlled by what I call OPP or other people's problems or priorities. That's every text message, every yeah. notification, every ding, you know, you're constantly uh, getting sucked in to whether it's scrolling or checking emails, one for a lot of people. So it, it is a big issue. Yeah, dude, it, it, it really is. And um, it's funny. So Matt, who you met, um, you know, down at VCon, or I, I'm sorry, you knew Matt before, mm -hmm. but uh, we, um, so I'm doing a nine day trek in Washington state and, you know, he's, he's huge on social. I'm like, you know, that's what he does full time. I was like, Matt, you know, like you're not going to have service for a week and a half. And he was like, well, and, and uh, it was really funny. Cause like, he's going to be fine with it. But his first reaction was like, well, well, we'll get like a little service, right? I'm like, no chance. Like we're doing the Wonderland trail. So it's a circumnavigation around Mount Rainier. It's like 98 sweet. miles. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. Um, I can let you know, I think we might have a spot or two left. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. And, um, you know, I just knew that's new for him. And then like, he looked at that as like an exciting challenge. And like that got that, that was, it was cool to hear, but I think, I mean, it's pretty obvious that our environment dictates our behavior. Um, hopefully, Partly. the more, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully, the more we become mindful and aware, uh, we can, we can, you know, overcome that. But it definitely, it's a major influence. And just little things like, right, like, I'm, uh, I haven't seen my girlfriend in two weeks, came back last night, like, dude, the phone was up in my room charging six hours straight last night. I was like, let's go take a walk. Let's cook dinner. Like, because if it's on my pocket, in my pocket, like I'm not at that level of awareness. If it buzzes, I'm going to look at it. And then like, I don't have to act, but then I look at it and I'm like, I already know the answer to this email. Let me just get right back to him. Oh, and then I have this other email. Oh, that one's a quick one. <laughs> you know, Take and you then down like, the rabbit you, hole. You're, you're, you're sucked in for sure. And then also um, you're getting the EMFs from the phone. So it's a double whammy. You're getting distracted and you're getting the oxidative stress from the, the cell phone. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so EMFs, uh, it stands for electromagnetic fields, and it's emitted from uh, all electronic devices, you know, 5G, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, any cell phone signal, you know, microwave radiation is a big one. Um, and they cause oxidative stress in the body, and that leads to a whole host of issues, uh, some that you'll notice immediately, and then some that develop chronically, meaning over time. So this is things like brain fog, fatigue, headaches, uh, tinnitus, even, which is a ring in the ears, yeah. trouble sleeping, uh, inflammation, and then more chronic issues like Alzheimer's, dementia, and even cancer, uh, things like that. And then if you keep your phone in your pocket for guys, especially it affects sperm count and sperm quality can decrease your testosterone. So that's why I've got this, uh, little Aries sticker on the back of mine. And then this wave block sticker, both of these help protect me against EMFs. And then I also wear this necklace that helps uh, protect against EMFs too. And then every time my phone is in my pocket, it's on airplane mode, which uh, dramatically reduces the amount of EMFs that you're exposed to. Mm, that's awesome. I appreciate that. I wasn't aware of that at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, 
some things it's funny i always go back and forth one of the themes that i've kind of come across uh on this podcast is about being like a a practitioner versus student and i don't think that they're mutually exclusive at all i think you know they obviously are best when you're together but there's just something that like i think everyone at least i feel it internally like I didn't know anything about like EMFs, but like you just know like too much time in front of a screen, you don't feel optimal. No. Um, so you could feel distracted, which is addicting, a very addicting feeling. That's why television and social media are strong, but like you definitely don't feel optimal. You're not like the most alive version of yourself, happy. Um, no. So that, you know, yeah. And that's, that's what I do as a high performance coach is, you know, working with entrepreneurs primarily. It's not like I can tell them to, you know, stop working, just spend all day outside, which would be optimal. Right. But there's ways to hack everything. So I told the guys at the the mastermind, because a lot of them were struggling with health and productivity as well. And um, I think a lot of just people in general don't do a lot of these habits, like go to the gym or eat healthy or whatever, because they think it it's too complicated or it takes too much work. When in reality, it's pretty simple. Once you understand some of these concepts, uh, and there's ways to hack everything. So screens, for example, uh, one of the reasons why uh, it makes you feel tired and you know you lose focus, things like that, is from the blue light from the screen. You're just staring at the screen. You're getting this blue light, um, and it's it's not the full spectrum of light, right? So there's ways to hack that. Like I've got a software downloaded on my computer called Iris, and during the day it's in what's called health mode, so it blocks some of the blue light, uh, and then in the evening. I switch it to sleep mode. The whole screen turns red. So you're not getting any of that blue light. Uh, you can also wear blue light blocking glasses. Um, I've got, yep, there you go. Yeah, You can do it on the phone. Uh, you can also wear blue light, blue light blocking glasses. They make daytime lenses to when you're uh, looking at screens and under fluorescent lights, which is a big problem yeah. because fluorescent lights uh, have flicker, which basically means they're turning off and on really quickly to save energy. But and it's not detectable detectable by the naked eye. But if you take your phone in uh, slow motion camera mode, you'll see the flickering, it turning on and off, and that causes stress in the body. Um, even though we can't really perceive it, um, causes distractions and, and things like that. It's basically like a, a strobe light, but super yeah. super fast. Yeah, imagine like uh, schools and hospitals, offices. Imagine being under that all day. That's that's one of the reasons that and EMFs why there's so much stress in those types of environments. So there are ways to hack it with like these EMF things and the software and the blue light blocking glasses. I, I, I kind of want to go down a rabbit hole on light, but um, I'd, I'd actually rather talk about hacking it because there, there's two concepts there. One is, you know, actually understanding the solution, but I think even more important is understanding there's always a solution. Like, yeah. um, you know, Again, we, we, you know, we met at Gary V's conference. He always says the answer is and, right? Mm. And, and that, yep. to me, to me, I'm with that. It's always like, you know, for example, some, something big for me, you know, I've been running a lot and I've been trying to figure out like how I can keep mass on while I'm running 65, 70 miles a week. And, you know, that takes a lot of time, right? Um, and it's like, so like today, you know, and I like, so I was like figuring, like, I started looking into like the most optimal ways to like lift weights because again, I ran for two hours this morning and I had 30 minutes to lift and it's usually the opposite. And same thing, like have to figure out like a diet that works for that. 
Um, you know, yeah. and then there, there are a lot of things that count. Um, you know, if you're not a runner and trying to add mass, you know, how do you work all day and increase mobility and not sit all day? You know, we're mm-hmm. both standing right now, right? Yep. Um, I, I don't know about you. I'm literally using a dresser because that's all I have. But, you know, there's there's ways to make these things work. So, you know, you can you can uh, make the, the hard choices and have the easy living from it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what what do you want to, to hack? What's what's like something uh, that we can get into? Oh, yeah. Some something I want to hack right now. I mean, I think let's talk about what we we're um, talking about before. It's you know, for me, um, spending as much time outside and away from screens, right? Both uh, actually, let's just say away from screens to start, while also right. So I, I'm running two companies, podcast, blog, and I have a networking group. Um, a lot of those things kind of require like digital communications and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of time on this keyboard, especially yep. for someone that types with two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, learn how to actually type that will save a tremendous amount of time. Um, so that's a hack right there. Like invest in, you know, like Mavis beacon. Uh, did you take those <laughs> classes as a kid? The, the yeah, keyboard yeah. classes? Yeah. Yeah. So if you learn how to type games, yeah, those exactly. games you like get the fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll significantly, uh, uh, reduce the time spent Dude, it, it it is it is funny. Um, like on, on a more serious note, like uh the 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 tactical things, like um, you know, Tim Ferriss talks about speed reading. People might think, like, oh, I don't like need to read fast. It's like you spend a lot, like if you want to read a lot, like you know, being like being able to read and comprehend a book in half the time is very valuable. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I listen to podcasts so- on like two times speed, sometimes three, three times speed. Um, and if you can comprehend it that you know you double your time right yeah but going back to uh screen time a couple hacks for this one if it's not a hundred degree summer like it is here uh all of my windows would be open uh, letting in as much natural light as possible so when your windows are closed they even if you know they're clear windows like mine are they block some of the wavelengths of light from coming in so it's not natural light but if you can open all of your windows to where you're getting natural light and not under fluorescent lights. That's a huge hack right there. That will be fantastic for energy levels throughout the day. Uh, And then I already mentioned the uh, software you can download. It's called Iris. Uh, There's different blue light blocking glasses companies that you can get uh, the phone hack that you saw. Um, And then I tell my clients to implement Pomodoro breaks. So this is like a 20 minute work block and then a five minute rest and you can you know switch up the times uh to your liking but during that rest put down the phone get off your computer go outside what i like to do is i've got uh, like a sledgehammer that i do like some steel mace type activities i'll do some um some like qigong style things uh, while i'm grounding and that little break you might think it's counterproductive you know taking yourself away from work but I'm telling you, once you take that break, you get outside, you move, you get the blood flowing and you come back to work, you're so much more focused because if you're just staring at a screen and not moving, the blood flow is stagnant, right? So you're, yeah. that's why you start to lose concentration and it takes a lot more time for tasks. So if you allow yourself to take that five minute break, it's five minutes, right? Everybody's got five minutes. And 
just know by doing that, that's allow you to come back, allow you to come back and be significantly more productive. So I definitely recommend the Pomodoro breaks. And do you set intentions for your 25 minutes? I know. So I know 25 on five off is the, yeah. do you set like, come in like for this 25 minutes, I'm going to do this. Not like for this 25 minutes, I'll check email. Yeah. Good, good point. Uh, setting an intention is <laughs> extremely beneficial. Uh, as well as keeping your phone in airplane mode and not having any other distractions pop up. So uh, Jason Kalipa, he's, he was a successful CrossFit athlete. He's an extremely successful entrepreneur, uh, gym owner. He wrote a book called the AMRAP mentality, which is a CrossFit term. AMRAP stands for as many rounds or reps as possible in a certain block of time, right? So apply this to the, uh, the Pomodoro method, the 25 minutes. So for 25 minutes, apply the MRAP mentality. I'm going to get as much of this, whatever that is for you done in this block of time and not think about anything else. You know, when you're at the gym, you should only be focused on working out, not on your phone, not thinking about the work that you have to do. Same thing when you're with family. This is why a lot of entrepreneurs burn out because they're really working all the time. When they're with family, they're thinking about, oh, this project that they have to start. They're thinking about this email that just popped up on their notifications. So the AMRAP mentality talks about cutting all of that out and just focusing on one thing at a time because multitasking yeah. isn't real. Like it, it doesn't work. It takes you longer to do the tasks. So when you're sitting down for a work block, keep your phone on airplane mode and only focus on that specific task for that 25 minutes. And then yeah. that five minute break, you know, go out, no, no technology, get out in the sun. Um, and so block your calendar like that. So specific blocks of time. So you're not pulled in all these different directions. Dude, I, I love it. I, I, you know, I think the Pomodoro technique is, um, is definitely getting, you know, to become a little more popular, but I don't think the AMRAP mentality, you know, it needs to be coupled with that. Like, you know, you need to give it, give it your all yeah. for those 25 minutes. Like it's, yeah. I, and I love, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about way in the beginning, like exercise, like if, like if you spend as much time as I spend and I'm guessing you spend on it, and you only are trying to get physical benefits, that's not really enough, right? But if you can extrapolate from there and be like, wow, like, you know, I can take the learnings, like, you know, work in AMRAPs to work or whatever, yep. you know, then you start to like, it, it's your it's your mode of learning. Um, and you, you know, you can pull, pull that out. Yeah, it's, it's funny, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about that talks about being in a creative state. And I think we all know, I mean, most of us need like, a, like to focus to get into a creative state and you need to get in the state of flow. And that doesn't happen if you're also texting. Um, you can only be in a state of creation if you're not in a state of survival. And most people are in a state of survival. They're in beta or high beta brainwaves, which is highly alert and highly distracted, right? Mm -hmm. Or it could be highly focused. So the reason for this is because, you know, way back in the day, if you hear a twig snap in the woods, you're on high alert, right? You're in high beta, ready to fight, flight, or freeze, right? And we're basically living in that stressed out, inflammatory state our whole lives. You wake up, this, you know, typical person wakes up, checks their phone, immediately stressed out from email, what, whatever it is. Then they drink liquid cortisol, aka coffee, right? Which can be good, but for most people, they're abusing it. They rely on it 
to function, which is unhealthy. Then they drive to work and then they're stressed out about traffic. Somebody cuts them off. They get stressed out. And, you know, when we're stressed out, we need to move, right? We need to get rid of that energy somehow, but we just sit there and stress and get frustrated and angry. And then you get to work, you're under these fluorescent lights, stressing you out. You're staring at a screen, stressing you out. And same thing on the drive home. Uh, you know, you're pissed off about what your boss said or this and that. And then you get home where you're supposed to relax and spend time with your family. But because you're in that stressed out state, you end up arguing and, you know, the kids are being annoying and whatever. And then you stay up watching Netflix, getting exposed to that blue light. So we're always in this stressed out state. And of course, you can't be in a state of creation when your body and brain are worried about surviving. Right. Yeah. So stress is good. Stress is 100% good. We just have to know how to downregulate. Like, I'll tell you a story on this um, camping adventure that we just went on. Carrie has a German shepherd and uh, his name is Ninja. And we had just, our primitive survival expert had just stopped the whole group on this hike and told us that he saw bear tracks, a mama and a cub, and it was headed the direction that we were going. And so, okay, we were kind of on high alert. And then we continued. And two minutes after that, the dog was leading the pack. And then all of a sudden we see this, uh, this black blob kind of come from around the corner and then, you know, fight starting between the dogs. We all thought it was a little black bear, but it, it turns out it was a, a black lab. And then, you know, Ninja got him pinned down by the neck to the ground. And we, you know, we ended up separating the dogs. So a very stressful state for that dog. Right. But mm -hmm. immediately after that, the dog forgot about it. You know, he was on, you know, happy and, you know, just living <laughs> his life exploring. And, we as humans don't do that, right? A stressful situation happens. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You get a bad text. And then we let that ruin the whole rest of our day because we're just thinking about it constantly. So we need to learn how to have that stress response and then yeah. breathe and forget about it. Let it go. Let it flow, man. Yeah. It's, I, li I like how you, I like how you breathe to, you know, to like exemplify like what that's like. The, the breath is just, that's it. It's powerful. That's one of the most important things we can learn is breath work. It's like sunlight, uh, mindset, and breath work are like the most important aspects of, of a quality life. Um, and, and when I mean breath work, I don't mean just breathing. You know, everybody knows how to breathe, obviously. I mean, learning how to breathe for different states. So uh, nasal breathing, this is like the basics. Close your damn mouth. First off, you look ridiculous, like, right? Nobody <laughs> likes a mouth breather. And when I was in the Marine Corps, we got yelled at. Well, I didn't get yelled at. I wasn't a mouth breather, but other people would get yelled at for being mouth breathers. And I don't think they knew the physiological uh, benefits of nasal breathing. I just think that, you know, you look ridiculous when you're a mouth breather. So close your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Breathe through the nose. Uh, there's a whole bunch of benefits behind nasal breathing. Oh yeah. Uh, Dude, I try to on my zone two run days, like yesterday, I, I ran 15 miles and it was slow the whole time my mouth was closed. Yep. And it's crazy what it does to your heart rate. Like I so usually I try to breathe through my nose, but I don't like focus on it. And I track my heart rate. And usually at the pace I was going out, I'm like 135, 140 heart rate. It was low 120s, the exact mm -hmm. same run that I've done all the time. It's not like I'm magically in that much better shape this run than I was a few days ago. I was just mouth closed. I have friends that tape their mouth closed at night. Yeah. 
yeah, mouth tape uh, in the evening when you're sleeping is uh, a game changer for sleep. It helps with snoring and sleep apnea, which dramatically reduce the quality of your sleep. But I've been telling people nasal breathing is one of the best uh, performance hacks that I've found for working out. It took me about a year to fully get used to it. And now I do 99% of my workouts strictly nasal breathing. The only time that I'll breathe through my mouth is if I'm kicking into overdrive and I, I want that extra boost, you know, but for most people and most workouts, they should all be in through the nose, into the belly for exactly what you said to lower that heart rate, to pace yourself, because that's huge. Um, and you're able to last so much longer if you know how to pace yeah. yourself and stay consistent and, and lower that heart rate. Dude, even, even like this morning I was, I was benching. I caught myself like mouth breathing and like, you know, I do a lot of cardio. I mix it up zone two, zone five, like high intensity, long, everything. Right. I was out of breath benching and I was like, it was obviously just due to the way I was breathing. Like, you know, and like, first of all, like holding your breath, which I, I mean, I was, I wasn't doing that, but a lot of people hold their breath. It's like, that's, that's not a good place to start. People even hold their breath when they send emails. I notice that in co-working spaces. Like, it's a it's stress response. It's like you're tensing up. And that's why I said like <laughs> breathing is so important. And we can go over a couple um, uh, breathwork practices that are super easy to implement. But one thing I want to say about uh, the holding breath during exercise, if you can't breathe like fluidly and comfortably in that position, you don't own that position. That position is owning you. If you have to force it and like, you know, hold your breath, then you, the primary thing you should be focusing on is the breath work. If, you know, cause anybody can just hold their breath and, you know, muscle through it. That's not how it's supposed to feel. You should have yeah. fluid breathing the whole time. Well, it's like, you know, um, I don't, I don't know if this relates to breath work, but for some reason this comes to my mind is. Um, I, so I look at exercise as a way to teach me to handle stress. I was actually explaining this to my dad. My, my dad gets really worked up over small things. And I was trying to explain to him that he can train himself not to right. And mm -hmm. to his generation, like that's definitely not something most people hear. So I was trying to like go very like basic, like, you know, like for example, like exercise, I put myself under stress, good stress, but under stress. And I'm telling myself like, cool, like, you know, I'm, I'm power cleaning or whatever, like I'm exhausted, but I'm going to go like one rep more while maintaining form and breath and everything. And you're teaching yourself here's stress. Here's how to like, you know, handle it. Um, and I realized it's called hormesis. And then, what it's called hormesis when What's that? What's you, that? it's like a, a positive stress on the body. Um, as long as you don't overdo it. So that's what happens. Yeah. A lot of people overdo exercise and then it becomes a bad stress or a hormetic stressor is when you get a positive benefit from these stressors like sunlight, for example, is fantastic for you. If you stay out all day and you get burnt, that's negative. Same thing with cold exposure. You know, uh, uh, a short amount of time is fantastic. If you stay in there for an hour, you might die unless you're Wim Hof. <laughs> Same thing with fasting is a hormetic stressor. Yeah. Uh, you you know, fast for too long, you'll die. Right. So all these things in moderation, as long as you know how to use them properly, are fantastic hormetic stressors that in the moment they're stressful. But then once you come out of that and you recover, you increase yeah. your resilience and are able to go harder, faster, longer the next time. And that's what it comes. Increasing your resilience is 
is a great way to say it. I appreciate that because you don't know what's going to come. Like you have no idea the next like stressor that's going to come into your life. You try to control it, but you know, uh, I think instead of trying to control every aspect of life, you'd have a better chance controlling yourself in the way that you're going to react and handle, you know, stress. And kind of what I was going with that was I was asking him, I said, dad, let just do something small, like stretch, like put yourself in an uncomfortable position because he's not flexible. And he went to go stretch and this was his face. Uh, and I'm like, dude, dude, like, like settle up. down, yep. you know? And um, it got me thinking. So like recently something I've been trying to do, like when I do hill sprints or lunges, is keep like a calm, almost like happy face. I probably look like a psychopath at the gym, <laughs> but Good. like calm, like relaxed face. Uh, and now that I'm like reliving it in my head, it does affect my breathing. Right? Yep. It makes me breathe through my nose. But, you know, you think about it with stretching, right? Of course, with stretching, you shouldn't be like, ah. but like, you know, some people probably think that with like sprinting or whatever, but that's not the case at all. <laughs> that's a huge performance boost as well, especially if you're in a competition which should comprise uh, roughly 10% every total training time. The problem, uh, especially in the CrossFit world, and I was guilty of this for a long time, uh, and this is why one of the reasons why CrossFit gets a bad rap is because every single workout, most people are competing. They're trying to go heavier, harder, faster than the next guy, right? And it's a competition every single day. That should not be like that. Competition should comprise about 10% of your training time. Uh, and then when you are in a competition, uh, not necessarily a you know competition, but if you're just trying to beat your personal best or you know racing somebody else, whatever, having that calm, almost happy face like you mentioned is a huge hack because the other person's going to look over to you and they're taxed. They're like <gasps> mouth breathing, you know, tired, and then they look over at you and see you nasal breathing, just fucking chilling. That's like a, a decrease in morale, and they're like, "Fuck!" Like I can't keep up. And then they're going to get in that negative feedback loop in their head. And that's going to allow you to keep pushing. So yeah. 100% huge hack there. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I love that. It's just, it, it was, it was just so funny to think about like watching his face when he was stretching. But um, you said, what'd you say? 10% of your workout should be. Uh, Roughly. Yeah. And, and that's like uh, 90 to hundred percent maximal heart rate. Like just fucking going all out. Um, you know, sprints, you know, PRs, things like that. Yeah. Um, Two, three times a month. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. And then okay. the majority of your training time should be spent training, which is, you know, 70 to 80% heart rate, uh, no mouth breathing. This should be all nasal breathing. And you're focused on form and consistency and not burning yourself out. And then the mm -hmm. other uh, part of your workouts should be focused on practice, which is extremely low heart rate, you know, just going over the skills, dialing in the basics, things like yeah. that. And, and you're talking, you're talking, obviously, I know you're using round numbers, because it sounds like you're talking generally about just like training, you're not talking about CrossFit, right? Just like kind of all training. Uh, yeah, it applies to everything. Yeah. And, and I That's got this from, uh, I believe this was Ben Bergeron, who's one of the top CrossFit coaches. Uh, I believe those are I got those numbers from him. And yeah. going back to, um, to coaching, this is kind of how I got started in this realm of holistic health. Uh, after I broke my ankle, which there's a whole crazy story behind that, but I started listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts I listened to was Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron, and he is like one of the 
number one CrossFit coaches. And he, like you said, he doesn't really, of course he coaches CrossFit, but his main focus is mindset and building character and understanding your why and all these other things. Because once, you know, if you become a better person, you're going to become a better athlete. But most yeah. people just focus on killing themselves in training and then neglect everything else. And of course, that's how you burn out. Yeah, man. It's crazy. You know, I, it's, um, it could be a lot of things, right? It could be ego. It could be, you know, like trying to like it's, cover it's up mostly thing. ego. Dude. Th so, so li listen to this like conundrum because it's not, I know, I know you're not saying it's easy. I'm not either. Like, so we, me and Matt were down in Miami. I have um, an ultra marathon coming up in 11 days and Ooh. he has one, he has a marathon. He's trying to um, do like a sub three hour marathon. So like, we're, we're like, all right, we're here th three days together. Let's, let's run together. Um, and we're on a pretty similar program. So we kind of like chatted before and made like a little three day plan that fits both our workouts. First one was, um, you know, eight miles at a good pace. The next day was kind of like a sprint speed workout. The next one was seven to 10 miles, easy pace. Like we call it rate of perceived effort. Um, yeah. just should be below like a three, like just chilling because with running, like, you know, if you're in like really good, you know, endurance cardiovascular shape, like, like just keeping a nice 125 heart rate should feel like a day at the beach. All nasal um, breathing. Yeah. No huffing and, and puffing. Nothing. And, and this is what happened to me. Right. P part of it was like, I was with my boy, Matt, like, and I was like, try to keep like, up with him. Well, no, we were running. And like the last two miles I looked at him and I was like, I was like, yo, I I'm straight. Like we should kick it for the last two miles. And it's funny because he's working with his coach now and not ego running mm. because of course I should feel straight. Like today was the easy day. Like the, like in the grand scheme, like today was a day. It was really like, just like, um, active recovery. Right. Yep. And like, but like, that's like, and I know that's not what we were trying to do, but that's where my mind went. Like, like, yeah, dude, let's just, let's fly home. Right. Just for the fuck of it. Mm. And, and that's, you, most people would think like, Oh, work out harder. Like good for you. Like, but that's not, it was actually me being weak. I wasn't sticking to the plan. I wasn't, they didn't have integrity. Right. Like we yeah. set out like to do slow miles. And it, so it, it's definitely a tough challenge. Like I empathize with people. I go through it myself, but um, you just can't, too. you can't crush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it goes back to setting your intention. And once you start to exactly. let go of the ego, it becomes a whole lot easier. Once you stop caring what other people are thinking about you or if they're judging you. And then also once you stop comparing yourself to other people, that's when you can start to let go of the ego and not worry about running faster than the next guy or lifting more weight than this guy and just focus on you. And if your intention for that day is active recovery and staying in that low heart rate, yeah, this, your ego is going to want to have you push, which can be good at sometimes. But if your intention for that day was active recovery, like you said, you're actually doing yourself a disservice, right? Yeah. And I know this. It is difficult to stick to you're those slower paces. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's always fun to, you know, push it, you know, especially when you're with your boys. Uh, and that's yeah. when it's, you know, most important to to stay strong mentally and stick to the intended mm -hmm. plan. It's it's just such like a conundrum to think stay strong, like in the physical world could mean go slow and take it easy, right? But it, it all it all comes down to like, your integrity for sure um yep. the dog ninja 
Yeah. That is a really, really cool example you brought up back then because I've always said dogs and kids are the best teachers. Right? Mm. Kids do the same shit, right? Kids will be dead crying and you'll hand them like a little cookie and they start laughing. Right? <laughs> it's it's like, over. They forget about it. Yeah. They're like, who was crying? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of people either understand or start, you know, there's a lot of information out there about uh, how we need to let these thoughts go. Right. Um, I don't know. Is that an area that you feel, you feel like you can expand on because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely falls into the easier said than done category. Um, I like to say it's easier done than said. And I'll, I'll extrapolate on that. I got this from uh, one of my coaches. He's the founder of O23, which stands for the other 23 hours, right? His focus is on helping uh, fitness coaches, you know, transition to holistic health coaches. And this is one of the oh. programs that I went through. So what a great, perfect what a cur- yeah, it, he knocked it out of the park. Good yeah. job, guy. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, his name's uh, Brian, Brian Costello. And uh, so I got this phrase from him. It's easier done than said, because the longer you continue to say these things and don't actually practice them, the harder your life gets, right? The sooner you start to actually implement these things and take action, the easier your life get your life gets. So while yes, it is difficult to get that, whatever you want to call it, motivation, you know, push to start to actually implement these things. Once you do, and you stay consistent, everything becomes easier. The longer you continue to say it and not do anything about it, the harder your life gets. Right. So it's so true. It is. Uh, so what was, uh, what was the original question? Oh, uh, um, letting go of, yeah. Just letting letting, emotions flow, letting go of, um, either self-limiting beliefs or this narrative that you've got playing in your head or, okay. So, um, number one is understand that you can't control the past, right? It happened. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do now is control your response. Okay. So I prefer the term response to react because a reaction is is that it's it's a it's a reaction there's no thought behind it it implies like it's subconscious right like exactly it is you know somebody cuts you off in traffic it's your reaction to say fuck you you know get all angry if you respond and you think about it and you have empathy somebody cuts you off you're like okay maybe they need to rush home because their kid just fell and hit their head on the table you never know (laughs) never know and now you have empathy to them and now you're coming from a, a state of um calm and relaxed and you can respond by not getting stressed out right so we can control our emotions yeah so once we can learn to observe our thoughts and not necessarily believe them that's when things start to change what happens with a lot of people myself up until very recently included would have thoughts and feelings and emotions and we would just automatically go with that We're like, okay, I think this, therefore it must be true. When in reality, we can control how we feel about certain situations. So you, you know, you've got a a story playing in your head. You don't have to believe that story. You don't have to believe that, you know, somebody else harmed you. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes, I'm going to, I'm not going to remember it perfectly, but it's from uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And he basically says, um, 
you know, don't feel harmed and you haven't been right. You get to decide. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> like we are in charge of how we feel. So while you can't control what anybody else says or does to you, you control your response, right? Yeah. Another really good book for this is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He was a, uh, a Jewish psychologist who was captured by the Nazis and put in the concentration camps. And the whole book is about everything can be taken from a man except his ability to respond, right? Like yeah. they had everything taken away from them. They had nothing. Even their family members were killed and tortured. It's horrible. And in a time like that where you literally have seemingly nothing, you can still choose how you respond. Right. So that's yeah. the one thing that the Nazis could ever take away is and his it, ability it, to respond and stay positive. It is a it is a choice. And the example that you said of someone getting like cut off in traffic, right? Maybe that person is rushing home, right? Or, you know, um, I think uh, I read in Gary V's recent book, 12 and a half, he was talking about like so, um, a really close friend of his, when his business was small, stole a quarter million dollars from him. And they called him and said, this person stole a quarter million dollars. We need to fire him right away. And he was like, I forget the guy's name. He's like, oh, yeah. who, Mike? And he's like, let me call Mike. And he called Mike. He said, Mike, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, and he found out that the guy was addicted to pain pills. Yeah. And like, he's like, I would rather not have $250,000 than be addicted to pain pills. So I feel bad for him. That doesn't excuse him for what he did. He needs to be held responsible, but it's a completely different, you know, way that, that you react. Um, I'm sure you're familiar. Have you heard the, the story of the Chinese farmer? I love that story. Dude, it's, that is like the money that, that is just money right there. And, you know, Sometimes when, you know, we hear people that are like, you know, really doing this inner work like yourself, share examples like, oh, maybe that guy who cut me off is rushing home. Maybe he's just an asshole and he cut you off, but you're never going to know. It doesn't fucking matter. So doesn't. Choose, choose empathy, choose compassion. It, it all comes back to empathy. Um, <laughs> once you realize that only hurt people hurt people then you can have compassion and empathy towards these people. Like I get a ton of, you know, seemingly negative comments on Instagram or TikTok. And I used to, you know, let that get to me. Right. But now it's like, I get one of those comments and I genuinely feel bad for that person. And sometimes I'll yeah. message them privately. I, I don't usually respond to the comments. I don't like calling people out. Yeah. I'll send them a message privately. And it's like, Hey man, I, I hope everything's all right. If you need any help or anything, feel free to, to talk to me. i you know, sending you love, right? Something along those lines. And a lot of times that flips, they that flips their paradigm. A man. lot of times they apologize. They're like, oh fuck, yeah, you're right. Like I was being a dick. I didn't mean that. Because I I was there. I used to be that person who would leave these, you know, hateful or you know, trolling comments on posts. And then once you realize that, yeah, hurt people hurt people, you can come at it from a place of compassion instead of arguing and going back and forth, which yeah. never does any good. No. Hurt people, hurt people. No, that yeah. it, 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 it's it's true. It's funny, um, and I feel I feel like a metronome going back to that book about uh, the way of the peaceful warrior. But sometimes when I when I hear things that just like relate to other things so much, you know, he talks about the people that are hardest to love need it the most, Ooh, and yep. it's it's true. And they, it's a very similar example. They get jumped in an alley, and um, 
like when the guy's getting jumped, he goes, Hey, do you want my watch? He's like, you're clearly in need of money. Like, do you want my watch? It's worth a lot of money. You can sell it. Now yeah. you don't need to go to that extreme, but you see what I'm saying? He's like, you know, it, it just, and it just, I think more than even giving him the watch, it's like, it completely shifts this around that like love is the answer. And this is my mindset now about, you know, leaving my car unlocked or leaving my phone in a locker room somewhere. It's like, if somebody's going to steal it, they need it a whole lot more than I do. So now yeah. I'm not worried about getting my things stolen because I'm detached from them, right? Like I don't need anything like all these, all this stuff that I have behind me. Yeah, it's really cool. And I enjoy it. But really, if all of this stuff was stolen or gone somehow, it's like, okay, move on. Yeah. You know, uh, we're so attached to our things, especially our phones, right? Like you lose your phone. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, especially me, like I, I run my business through my phone, right? I make money through my phone. But if I lost it, it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah, I would get another one. But in reality, I'm not going to let it ruin my day. Right? And yeah. so if somebody steals something or um, it, uh, I, that's the best example. Uh, a lot of people are worried about, you know, leaving things unlocked or something like that. And it's like, yeah, my mentality is, yeah, they need it more than I do. If they take it, like, let them have it. Enjoy. I, I mean, and because I, I come I, from an abundance mindset, that's another key part is having the abundance mindset. Cause if you're in a scarcity mentality, mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the reasons why you're so attached to these things. Abundance yeah, that, mentality. That, that's is like, that's very true. Getting a new one, you know? And I, I again, it, 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 it's very difficult to enter an abundant. Oh, it's not very difficult. It's, it's as seemingly, difficult as you seemingly, make it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's seemingly difficult to enter an abundance mindset when maybe you are facing real struggles, right? You don't have food on the table, money in the bank account. You don't have things, but you can still like, I mean, I still, I still think it, it's definitely the answer on so many levels. I think one, it's going to attract more um, yep. abundance into your life. I think, you know, yes. that's just based on like your energy and your vibration. Love and then also it's just, it's just the, the detachment is crazy. And you brought up the book Meditations by Mark Aurelius. So I'm sure you've read a lot of like stoic books. And um, you know, Tim Ferriss kind of like repop one of the guys who's like repopularizing stoicism. And he talks about how like it's like monthly or quarterly. He says, um, what would it look like if I had nothing? Right. And he doesn't literally mean nothing, but he's saying, so I have to sleep, you know, I'd sleep on the floor, probably outside. I'd eat uh lentils or beans only um, not really have much water not have social interaction mm -hmm. so like every every quarter i think it is for like two or three days he lives like that and the whole time he's meditating on is this what i'm so scared of mm -hmm. right so you have no material goods you have no anything and you're thinking the whole time like is this what i'm so scared of? is this what i get stressed out about and tax my nervous system over just the, the opportunity of this happening. Cause honestly, he said he goes there and he's like, I'm happy. You know, dude, he spent three days sleeping outside eating beans. It kind of sounds like camping in boats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I, I was gonna go like, there. You know, a lot of the guys, they're like, and I brought this up many times at the event. It's like it it starts with uh gratitude. Like if you're having a hard time entering the abundance mentality and all these things, start with gratitude. Be grateful for what you have, because especially yeah. When we were out in the wilderness, like we realized real quick that we miss our bed, we miss our uh, climate controlled 
house houses, right? The you can turn on the air whenever the temperature is not to your liking. Um, we take all these things for granted because we're so used to them, right? But if you come from a place of gratitude and don't forget the things that you have, you know, six billion people would kill for what you listening right now have, right? If you have a phone that you're listening to this on, and if you have a house with clean running water and you have a fridge stocked full of fresh food and you have a comfortable bed, like be grateful for that. Cause a lot of people don't have those things. And if you're listening to this, you know, uh, with somebody else's phone and you literally have nothing, be grateful for the people around you, for your family, for whatever it is that you have, be grateful for that thing. Um, we, especially in, you know, Western society, we lose touch with all these things. And then we start complaining about, oh, at Starbucks, they put fucking almond milk instead of soy milk in my latte and it's <laughs> lines taking too long. And it's like, <laughs> dude, people complain about it's that fucking shit. crazy. It's, ah, um, but yeah, going back to the, the thing you said about, let's Hey, let's complain about how people complain. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> but seriously, um, complaining does nobody any good. No, right? it, it doesn't change the situation. It just keeps you in this negative feedback loop, and you keep getting stressed out. Uh, and trust me, I used to be there in the Marine Corps. Every other sentence out of my mouth was "fuck this," "fuck that," "fuck you." Like I was in a stressed out state all the time, and it sucked. Right? I had sleep yeah. problems. Uh, I had inflammation. Uh, like it, it was not good. Uh, and once you can stop complaining, come from a place of gratitude, uh, detach yourself from material objects. Yeah. Everything gets a lot better. Um, but what you're just yeah. having an attitude of gratitude, uh, but what you were describing uh, about Tim Ferriss, that sounds like his fear setting exercise Yeah, where it's like, yeah, yeah. you've got, let's say you've got a, a major presentation coming up. Like you're, you're giving a Ted talk and you don't want to do it because you're scared. It's like, okay, so lay out the worst possible situation, like everything that can go wrong, list that, you know, write that down. And then think about it. It's like, okay, if that happens, is, is that really so bad? Like, is that going to be the end of my life? No, of course not. Just use it as practice. So, uh, I love the fact that he does that. Um, it's pretty cool in in that state of minimalism. Uh, and Gary V talks about this too. He says that he frequently, uh, pictures like his, his parents and family being dead. Right. So coming from that place of, of detachment, like, okay, what if this actually does happen and feel those feelings. And once you can see that and then know that you'll be okay on the other side, that's a huge step in the right direction. So many people are afraid of death either for themselves or other people. Um, and they're living in a constant state of fear and stress. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's tough. And I think what this looks like in a real world scenario, whether you're doing Gary Vee's doing Tim Ferriss, whatever, it, it, it's getting quiet and intentional. It's, 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 you know, writing in a journal, it's sitting and meditating, you know, taking a walk, it's just getting quiet, getting that time away from your phone. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because we get up here a lot. And like you were saying, just do it. Like, to, for example, like this morning, like me, me and my girlfriend go to the same gym. So I got my run in and I was like, all right, let's go you know, lift. And she was like, I just need like five minutes. Right. 
And I was kind of like, you know, my mornings, um, I like to kind of, you know, keep it moving. So I'm like, there's just a choir 10 minutes. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm, I'm ready to go. We said we we're going to go at 515. Let's hit it. So I was like, cool. Like, let me do my, like some breath work. Um, I like to do like Wim Hof breathing. Um, and I was like, you know, I started to think about, do I have time for this? And instead I was just like, just grab me when you're ready. And I just sat down and started breathing. You just got to like do at some point, right? You know, and like, if I got two rounds in or four rounds in, it doesn't really matter. It's more like, you know, the exercise of, of doing. Um, yep. And I think that's, you know, I think just taking action um, is definitely a, a key first step for people. So I, you know, it, I mean, that, that kind of con- connects to like getting that quiet time, like whatever you're like, if you need that quiet time, just get it right now. Like don't. <laughs> so yeah, two things with that one, uh, going back to controlling your response, don't rely on other people, especially women, because women are not, you know, they're not, you know, um, generally speaking as punctual, right? Like they'll go over time uh, because again, integrity is not one of the defining characteristics of feminine energy. So they're, they're kind of wild and free and, and this and that. And so if a girl says they're going to be ready at five, like don't 100% count on that. Right. And then don't get frustrated if they're late, you control your responses. So that's fantastic. Like, um, she was running late. You, you sat down, did a couple rounds of breath work. Imagine the opposite of that. Like, imagine you just getting so stressed out, like, Oh, we're supposed to be there at this time. Let's go. Let's go. One that hurts your relationship because now she's pissed off. And then two, you're now all stressed out and inflamed and you're going into a workout and that's going to affect your workout. Right. So always controlling your response and not letting anybody else, any outside circumstance dictate how you feel or how you live your life. So always it comes back to controlling the response. Let let me, let me hear a little bit about inflammation. And I know inflammation is something that we could talk. It's like central to almost all diseases but every single chronic um, disease stems from inflammation it's it's crazy um what what when i when i think about inflammation like the like and i think about like remedies for it for me i think um you know decreasing stress stress through breathing mental exercises getting away from technology and i think of of course exercise eating right um i think just alkalinity in general um but yeah, I want to hear a little bit about, you know, you just brought it up a lot. Some of like, maybe the key things to like look out for practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, reducing stress hundred percent. And there's, you know, a bunch of different ways to reduce stress. Breath work is, you know, one of the, if not the most important ways to do that. So, you know, different types of nasal breathing, like box breathing, four count in, four count hold, four count exhale, four count hold, four, seven, eight breathing four count inhale, seven count hold, eight count exhale. The longer you prolong the exhale, the more down-regulating that is. Um, Again, understanding uh, understanding mindset and controlling your feelings and emotions. Um, That's a little bit of a different rabbit hole we could could go down. Um, And then, you know, supplementing with magnesium is the best supplement for reducing stress. Ashwagandha is also fantastic. So there's, you know, supplements you can take. Uh, and then for inflammation, grounding is, uh, I would say that, uh, and breath work are like the most important things you can do to reduce inflammation. And by uh, grounding, you mean touching the earth, bare feet to the earth or like right below me, I've got my grounding mat. So again, there's ways to hack everything. I've got a grounding mat that plugs into a grounded outlet. So it's like I'm barefoot 
in the earth, even though I'm in my house. Uh, grounding significantly reduces inflammation because throughout the day, especially when you're exposed to like EMFs that cause oxidative stress, we're racking up positive ions in the body, which are inflammatory. And the earth is negatively charged. And because we are electric beings, the moment it, it is almost instantaneous. So the moment we step onto the earth, we're releasing those positive ions and gaining negative electrons that yeah, reduces inflammation and stress. Exactly. Um, so that's a, a huge component. Uh, curcumin is a fantastic supplement for reducing inflammation. Uh, cod liver oil, another fantastic one. Uh, any sort of antioxidants, like that's why I'm snacking on these blueberries here. Uh, but yeah, those are the main ways to reduce inflammation and, uh, you know, grounding is free. Go stand outside yeah. barefoot, uh, right. reduce EMFs, you know, simple hack that you just, you know, wear a necklace or put a sticker on your phone. Curcumin is a super cheap supplement. Cod liver oil is good for many different things. Not only, uh, inflammation reducing, but also brain health. Your brain is yeah. like 65% DHA, which is cod liver oil. It's got vitamins A, E, and D. So, um, yeah, cod liver oil is like a staple supplement. That and magnesium are two that I recommend everybody take. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, I, I want to ask a question here because I want to where I come from with, with like looking at health and wellness. And I love educating myself and learning the X's and O's. What I mean about the X's and O's um, is that, you know, you need this much sleep to recover, right? You need um, these nutrients to perform optimally. Um, I think the X factor in my, this is a completely my opinion over everything is mindset. And what I mean by that is I think if your relationship with food is, you know, in a very healthy, intuitive manner, that is more important than what you eat, the timing you eat anything. If your relationship with, um, you know, wh wh whatever the fuck, right? Like I'm not, I'm not talking about diet. I'm talking just on a very general scale, like this overwhelming, like optimistic gratitude driven mindset, um, where with a open heart trumps everything when it comes to wellness. And yep. I, I don't have anything, but an experience that, that, Back that up. Now, a lot of people talk about this, right? This isn't Sean's new idea. Um, yeah. But I want to. I want to know what, what you think because um, it's a question I, I really want to unpack with people that that do have a sophisticated routine, right? You're saying mean blueberries for antioxidants. I got my grounding mat. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm standing right now. I'm actually mobilizing my ankle, right? But um, like I've been doing, I've been doing ankle exercises kind of like this whole time. Like I'm. Mm -hmm you know, drinking water with like greens in it. So I'm, I'm on, um, I'm, I'm on both, uh, both bandwagons, but what are your thoughts about just like mindset, like clearly either saying on top or like the foundation? Yeah, that's actually the very first thing that I cover in my coaching program, because like and you it's said, half it, your coaching program, right? It, yeah, it is the most important thing like mindset and understanding how our language, both internal and external literally shapes our entire reality. Yep. Uh, it, it is the most important thing. And we can go into um, a few cool studies about this. You mentioned diet. They did a study where they gave two groups of people 
uh, like hamburgers and milkshakes. And they told one group that, you know, this is the typical fast food hamburger, like extremely fattening, bad oils, like low quality protein. The milkshake is just full of sugar and, you know, it's fattening and, and bad for you. Right. Then they told the other group that this is a very nutritious grass-fed burger, gluten-free bun, you know, all organic produce. The milkshake is made with, you know, hundred percent grass-fed milk and, uh, it's, it's low in sugar and, and all those things. The group that they told, and both were, you know, the exact same hamburger and milkshake, the group that they told that it was, you know, bad for them in fast food, their insulin response was, you know, just like a, a regular burger and milkshake, you know, insulin spikes, you know, not good for you. Right. The other group, the insulin spike was significantly lower and they felt satiated for longer just because their mindset there's another study. I learned this at the Joe Dispenza meditation retreat. Uh, they took a group of, uh, hotel hospitality workers, you know, like these overweight, obese Mexican cleaning ladies. They told one group, nothing, you know, they just observed them, you know, go about your daily activities. They told the other group that they're actually getting over the recommended daily dose of exercise just because how much they're moving around, you know, vacuuming, yeah. walking, things like that. The group that they told that they were exercising actually lost weight. They didn't change anything yeah. else in their life. Just they believed that they were exercising. So it's the crazy. power of the mind is mind blowing. It's, it's insane. Yeah. You, your, your body adapts. And <clears throat> one of the things that I come back to that just like really makes me think about this is so me, Matt, and Jason, he's another one of our buddies. We're all like pretty serious runners and we have pretty different diets. Um, we're all generally speaking the same size between 190, 205. Um, right now, all very low body fat and we eat very different. I'd say Matt eats pretty balanced. He does intermittent fasting. Um, we all eat lots of whole foods. Uh, I would say, Mad be more the in the middle. Um, Jason exercises more than all of us by a landslide. Three to six hour runs, seven days a week, plus weightlifting. Like absolutely insane. For breakfast, he has three eggs, no oil, no bread, nothing. Three eggs. For lunch, he has lettuce with a little olive oil. For dinner, he has lettuce with chicken breast. Now, the amount that he exercises and the amount that he eats, you probably think he looks like this. You wish you were as jacked as him. He is 205 ripped, looks like a middle linebacker. And he's just like, I just kind of think like that's all the food you need. And he's like, I really just believe that people don't need as much food as they think. And like, I've just believed that forever. And I'm like, and now I'm on the way other scale. So, like, um, I generally make like a 60 ounce smoothie and drink both in the morning and just that just starts. And I just start crushing food till the end of the day and I eat mm -hmm. healthy. Um, and my mindset has always been that like, maybe I'm lucky or something, but like my body just knows how to turn food to fuel. So it doesn't matter how much I eat. It just turns it into muscle or energy. Um, and <clears throat> that's what always got me thinking about it was like, and I would say like, I'm, I am significantly like leaner. Like you would think me and Jason have the opposite diets. I mean, it is just crazy to watch him eat lettuce and then go seriously run like 28 miles in the mountains. Um, and you know, like that's not, that's a, it's, there's no volume to that study, but there, um, it's, I'm just so close to it. That's what always got me thinking about like, 
mindset over everything. And then healing too, man. I think like with injuries, uh, healing, I, I mean, I think your mind, like if you perceive that you just are a resilient person, your body just figures out how to make that thought true in the physical world. Like, it's like, oh, cool. Like, we're resilient. We, we don't have knee problems anymore. <laughs> uh, that is exactly how it works. And yeah. this is, I was flabbergasted at what I learned at the Joe Dispenza event. But, like, he's got case study after case study of, you know, people healing themselves from cancer with thought alone. People healing themselves from, you know, multiple sclerosis and all these fucking illnesses and diseases simply by the power of the mind and he actually has like healing meditations to where you know you meditate and you know you're you're listening to him talk about you know uh increasing your resiliency and having your inner army you know fight whatever it is and truly what you believe shapes your reality so if you believe that the world is negative and everyone's out to get you and uh, you know it's such a bad place filled with bad people that's what you're going to find more of. It's called the reticular activating system. What you're seeking, you find yeah. more of, right? So you can you can do the opposite, right? Like um, the common example I always give is if you're going to buy a new car, right? Uh, say you're you're buying a white BMW, and then all of a sudden you are out and about and you start spotting all these white BMWs. It's not that all of a sudden there's more white BMWs out in town. It's that you're now noticing them because that's what you're looking for. So you can apply the same concepts to positive things and you know good people and things like that. So if you believe that the world is a loving place filled with amazing people all doing their best and that um, you know everything is going to work out, that's what you're <clears> going <throat> to find more of. It's and it's crazy. literally just based on your beliefs. So, um, I, I couldn't, I'm down with that. You know, like I, I believe that so much. And even like the littlest, littlest things, right? Like, let's say, um, I don't know, like, let's say you're like, you're in a relationship with someone and they, and they do something, you can look at that little thing that they do. Right. Um, maybe it's a cook you dinner. You can look at that and be like, I've literally been married to this person for 10 years. They know that's not like my favorite dish or it's like, wow, like they took time and energy out of their day to think about me and, and make me dinner. And it's such like a little nuance, but like, it's, it's crazy. And I want to ask you, what do you think gets in people's way of having that, that thought? Because, um, uh, that that's the key right there. Like understanding what gets in people's way. I think, the obvious overall answer is like awareness and people just living in the subconscious. But um, I don't know if, if you thought about yeah. that at all. Yeah. They're, they're trapped in the matrix, right? They're programmed by programming, right? That's why TV shows are called programs. They're programming your mind. Same thing with social media, depending on which accounts you follow. If you follow accounts that uh, you know, you're constantly uh, envious or judging the other person or, you follow inflammatory, you know, news articles, of course, you're going to find more negative things and have this negative mindset. Same you thing. become with, addicted to that. Exactly. Same thing with your environment and your surroundings. You know, if the people around you are negative and always complaining, of course, that's going to be your natural state. So the first step, like you mentioned, is becoming aware of it. And then second is 
controlling your environment, both digitally and externally. So stop hanging out with people who make you feel like shit. Stop hanging out with people who gossip about other people. Stop hanging out with people who only talk about the news. Stop watching the news on social media. Do a uh, like a detox of all the uh, negative accounts that are inflammatory and only follow positive, beneficial people. So I've curated my uh, like my Instagram, especially to where every time I scroll, if I do get caught in that, you know, uh, distracted scrolling loop, at least I'm learning something. Right. Because I'm only following positive people who can teach me something. So control your environment first, become aware of it, that you're in that pattern, Mm -hmm. then control your environment and, you know, start filling it with more positive, beneficial people. Dude, that's like, that's the perfect thing to end on because, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts that fall into this self-help world and, uh, you know, it's like, like, oh man, like, what do I do? Okay. Magnesium. Like, (laughs) you know, I got to take magnesium in. You know, everyone's going to pick something that vibes with them. But like overall, I think if you can win up here, everything also take care of itself. And you know, that's 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 what running is for me. Like I saw your face when I was like, I'm running 70 miles a week. You're probably thinking like, that's not like the optimal way to exercise. And like, I'm I'm aware, you know, but like for me, man, every single run's the exact same. No shirt, getting maximum sunlight, definitely no phone. I, when I say I run like 15 miles, my buddies joke with me. It's just, it's all a guess. Like, I mean, I kind of feel like I guess well because I've been running for a while, but like, I just, you know, I just go two hours or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know how long generally. Um, but you got to just find something that lets you, you know, get into that mindset. Um, Taylor, I appreciate you, man. And I don't just appreciate you taking the time for this. I appreciate all the time you took to work on yourself and spread it with others because now you're able to come to a platform like this and like your podcast and Instagram and share it with people. So, um, it truly is service. So I'm glad you have fun doing it because I see it on your face, but I also appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, of course, man. Be good until next time for sure. <laughs>